0: Jeez. Recorded live. Well, hello, hello, my listening audience. It's your girl Barbara, and tonight on behalf of T25CL.com, uh, we are coming live to you from the penthouse. This is Straight Talk Live. And tonight, yes, that's right. Tonight we are going to to, to discuss, attempt to discuss the state of Black America. Where do we stand? How did we get here? And what positive solution do we have collectively that we can come up with in our discussion to move us forward in our agenda? Um, we're going to have tonight Rodney Best, who is the wealth expert and executive producer for our show. He's going to be joining us a little bit later coming in. And we're going to start off with uh, the wonderful uh, Andre Ward. I know he's around here somewhere. He is our CEO and chief. Andre, is that you?
1: Uh, No, this is Rodney.
0: Oh, hey, Rodney. There you are. All right, perfect. Well, I think maybe we might have the Galaxy Chief with us. Uh, Chief, are you there? I think I hear him. Uh, but i don't I don't see him yet, but that's okay. all right, so here we are here we are in two thousand and seventeen, and our issues are just as deep as they were when I was a girl, and when my parents were devastated by white America in the forties and the thirties, coming here all the way from Oklahoma playing. The discrimination and Jim Crow coming to California for what would be considered a better shake at success, or at least the chance to escape racism. Uh, Now we're looking at something that we've really never seen before in modern history. And what that is, is we're noticing that the alt right and some of these other Nazi and militia organizations have come off the Internet and come into our face and into our living room, into our presence, on our television, on our college campuses, and they are live and in living color, filled with hate and filled with danger, and a presence that is not being held or monitored or I don't think we're being protected from our government where we pay our taxes. I believe we have Andre Ward with us. Andre, are you with us tonight?
2: Greetings, Barbara McGee. i we here, live, and live in color. Come All in.
0: right. All right. I'm so glad to have you with us tonight uh, in the penthouse. Soon we'll have uh, Rodney. He's uh, going to be joining us. And tonight, you know, we're discussing this. We'll start with Charlottesville. And if you can turn your mic up just a little bit, I just was barely able to hear you. But we're going to start with we'll start with the situation in Charlottesville. And um I just want to give you like just a minute to tell us as a man, what was your thoughts of that? As you watched that unfold over the weekend.
2: Oh, wow. This has been a a real topic of discussion over the past few days. And, you know, I've, I've been looking at things very closely and I try not to prejudge things too quickly. And I also think about what is the real deal? What has happened? First of all, here we go again. And with this uh, ultra right wing conservative hatred uh, here in this country and It's been initiated by the current so called President of the United States and his support and endorsement of them, and with the people that are surrounding him in his cabinet. So, now, racism, now, since the Trump presidency, uh, you know, people that uh, have been on the fringe and people that have been suppressing these emotions, now they feel free to release it because now they have the backing of the president and those that are around him um, at his right hand, such as Steve Bannon, uh, Steve Miller, and that doctor, that quiet doctor, whatever his name is. I forgot his name. And, um, And so they feel free to express themselves now. And the strange thing that you saw about this the opposing group, uh, 70% of them were white. The remaining were people of color. Now, this is something that we have never seen. Usually, this is a standoff between black and white. And if this would have been a situation of black against white, black folks would have been killed in the streets in, by the hundreds. Um, I do police. I
0: do agree I do agree with yeah. you on that. Yes I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And the police would have been on the side of the Nazis and the Klan and all of that. But because it was going up against the majority of white, there had to be some degree of respect handed in there. And uh, they have really been hitting hard with this Nazi thing. You're hearing more about Nazis Uh, you want to get rid of Nazis, then they are saying more against black folks. And so I want to put it out there. What are, uh, not just the Jews, I'm sorry, they want to get rid of Jews more than they want to get rid of uh, black folks. And who are they talking to as far as uh, these Jews that they want to get rid of? Are they talking about the Wall Street Jews? Are they talking about the Jews that run Hollywood? Are they talking about the the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, the owners of all these sports franchises are the ones that own industry, who are they making reference to? Well,
0: you know, it's very interesting, but I just recently saw a clip, a film clip uh, that included David Duke. It included the organizer of the Charlottesville uh, demonstration and some of the participants and some of the organiz- organizers as they were going through this whole process. And it was so shocking to me because a lot of their hatred is toward um, Donald Trump's daughter, Ivanka's husband. I heard them mention that two or three times, that they were talking about, uh, you know, we're going to eradicate Jews. I mean, there were hundreds of white males, walking down the street, I mean, for miles and miles, it could, it could have been 2,000 people, maybe three uh, the night before on Friday night when they were convening. People kept, they called
2: him out by name? Uh, they Trump called him out one. by
0: name, uh-huh, and they were saying, their, their interesting point was, is how could he have this beautiful girl? What did he do that would cause Donald Trump to get his beautiful daughter to this Jewish man, and they just felt like that was so wrong. Now, Most. I had heard someone else speak about this. Rodney, are you with us yet? Uh,
1: yes, I'm. I'm. I'm there, just walking through the door and putting things down, oh. and I'm listening okay. to this. It's very interesting.
0: Oh, okay. Well, let me just say this, and then we'll bring you on. Okay. So what I noticed was is that just recently uh, a couple of celebrities, and I think at this point we don't need to call anybody's name, but a couple of celebrities said, um, did you know that the whole problem that we're having right now is that white males are very incensed with the Kardashians and with women who are selecting Mm -hmm. black men as their counterparts? And this is making white men feel this is this is the root of the issue. Now, this is something that I thought was very interesting. Andre, what do you think about that? That comment?
2: I I heard. Did you see? Did
0: you? You
2: seen it too? Yeah, yeah, I heard it today. uh, Mm -hmm. That that these uh, uh, white males are set with her Kardashians and uh, they are selecting black men. First of all, <laughs> these men, I mean, they're, they're looking at these Kardashians like they can have one. But first of all, these Kardashians are surgically created women. You know, and then they're only seeing them on the television, and they're having fantasies over, over these Kardashians. And now the Kardashians choose to select black men, but look here—they're not selecting no Poe brothers at all. You, you don't have well, no money, you know, brother. You ain't got a chance of of landing one because they're only selecting uh, high-profile brothers to elevate their own position. you remember. And, and
0: and I think it's worth it to say at this point they are targeting, and I and I think yeah. they're, they're, I think we really have to look at this. As black folks, we have to look at the fact that in our relationships, uh, particularly high-profile athletes and political figures, that white women are targeting them uh, because of the money, because of how it's going to shake out when the relationship is over. They're going to get a leg up, and that's what they see it for. Uh, Rodney, my thought, I want to come to you. I want to ask you a question. So what was your impression of what happened in Charlottesville this weekend?
1: Basically, you know, I I feel exactly as Brother Ward came down and said, it's something caused by the current elected administration. I honestly also feel that we, as Americans, Especially African Americans have to look at the fact that we allow for diversity to occur where our neighborhoods became anybody, and we as black people, Barbara, like you said, we're not protected. And right. where you and Andre, to me, hit, hit the nail on the head was then when this event occurred and they started fighting, they pulled back because. There were whites and blacks together. And it, it had and black and white from the 60s, the 70s, and on backwards. They were taking us down. So my position is, as the two of you are stating, in which I'm saying, there is there's bigger questions than the Kardashians. I'm not going to go off on that. They are doing things to keep us from not focusing or to keep... The focus a little bit away from what they really were trying to achieve and who they're really trying to, who they're really trying to take down. So that that's my position. And, and as we go forward, I'll, I'll drop some of the bullets as to what I've seen and what I think that the African American really needs to take another
2: look at as we're looking at the current issue. Also, well, yeah, I, got, I, think, I got something else I uh, want to interject on that too, Barbara. Is go ahead. You just look at this. This thing just popped up from out of nowhere. But I, but I want you guys to think about this for a second. About, what, two to three weeks ago, what was in the headlines? Well,
0: there were a lot of things. Yeah, Russia.
2: was Russia. Russia. It was Trump and Russia, and Trump right. being investigated. I mean, he, that, that Russia thing is some very serious, serious stuff. Then all of a sudden, the Korea thing pops up. Oh, little little crazy dude in Korea might drop a bomb on us. Oh, dominate the headlines with that. Next thing you know, you didn't hear anything about Russia anymore, and Trump, and all of his misgivings with Putin. Now all of a sudden, you got this black and white thing that just popped up so quickly overnight, and this is such a hot topic, and now you're going to get all the hell with that damn bomb, this dude might shoot over here on us. We got a a potential race war going on here, and now if if Trump can start a race war all across this country, what does that do to the Russia investigation? Absolutely. That Russia investigation can put his behind in jail. He could lose mm-hmm. everything that he has. This is mm-hmm. why he needs the biggest distraction out there humanly possible. That thing in North Korea can only, be, that can only last for about 72 hours before it fizzles away. But this race thing can keep going on and on and on because these cats are trying to get permits all across the country. They're even trying to get permits in Frisco and mm-hmm. Berkeley. Uh, Oh
0: yes, absolutely. Frisco and Berkeley is next. But now I will tell you this, that in my opinion, this is not just started. I think what we're seeing now is the implementation of taking the mask off, of showing their true identities in conjunction with being white supremacists. I think that I think I, I think that's what we're seeing now that's difficult. Before they were covered. They were hidden. I mean, let's face it. In 1921, there were some 5 million Ku Klux Klan members in good standing in the United States. And guess what? Two-thirds of them were women. That's right. So, I mean, That's so, right. So when we So when we really think about the Ku Klux Klan and its inheritance, I mean, our president, 45, his parents, Were KKK members. Not only that, but if we really look at the fact of how the KKK has terrorized Black America, why, uh, where is the J. Edgar Hoover, you know, to uh, emaciate them like they emaciated the Black Panthers with COINTELPLO? What's up with that?
1: Mm hmm.
2: They're they're, they're all the same. And let's see, they got a bigger problem. Look at Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions is a Klansman himself from Alabama. Yeah. Uh, and he's the one who came out and said, oh, those Klansmen, they're not bad people. They just smoke pot uh, now and then. And, and so these these people, I mean, these these are their people, these are their cousins, they're their brother in laws. These are Billy Bob. I mean, these guys get together and drink Jack Daniels and go catch catfish. And so they these they, they, no, you're not going to hear any hardcore opposition except for the intelligent whites. I mean, and let me just say this too, and and so because I know people listening all over the world. You know, we're not condemning all white folks here. We're only con- condemning this hardcore, the evil uh, uh, sector here, which is a much smaller group than the white folks as, as a whole here in, the, in this country. And, and so, it, I mean, even though you may have some bad Mexicans, bad black, black, bad Chinese, but it's not a representation of the entire black nation, or the entire Mexican nation, or the entire Chinese nation, it's just that these people here. The difference here is, yes, they got groups, they got cell groups, but they also got political power. They have financial power, and you got to because you know one thing. One thing we talk about on these shows all the time, and I think we just talked about it the other day, brother Rodney, is our ability to collectively come together and do something and, and not only sit up here and espouse ideologies but to also have some degree of follow through and execution. These people Absolutely. were able to were able to get over fifteen hundred people there Friday night to walk down the streets with TT candles and then go to their hotels, eat their dinners, get up the next morning and then, and then go back out here and come back together and now planning more activities of the same. And the, Absolutely. that's the a- fundamental thing that they got together. We have a problem in doing as a people.
0: Well, let me just you know, say this. Let, let me say this, Rodney. then I'm going to let you have yeah. to say. Well, what I do want to do is, I, you know, and I put this out before, you know, just in terms of the people, my constituents, my flow, who I affect. And I, I really am very thankful of the Americans, black, white, and who mixed race and who really feel that this is wrong and that feel that this agenda is wrong. And we know that Heather, this uh, lovely girl, Heather Bro, lost her life, 32 years old, snuffed out mm-hmm. with her co she wasn't with her boyfriend. She wasn't with her husband. She was with her coworkers to stand against this atrocity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it, 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 and, and very interesting because we also lost two lawmen who were overhead in the helicopter watching this go down as the aerial view. And our president, president never made a mention of the lives that were lost. And I think that is the scandal behind all of this because even if he is in power and he's done all this wrongdoing, he should speak to the betterment and to the consciousness of all of us collectively. And when lives are lost, even if they were on the opposite side, you know, it's lies lost, people standing for their beliefs. So I think there should have more been more coming from him, Rodney. What do you think of that?
1: Oh, most definitely. Uh, Forty-five. I think he really, really shot himself not in the foot. He shot himself in the heart because the people that have supported him have a question. The people that never cared about him have a question in an issue. I've got to go along with Brother Ward in saying the action. I mean. Hear me carefully. What happened in Charlottesville is planned to come to California. There, there are um, more of these white supremacy Nazis uh, BS coming to San Francisco at Crispy Field on August 26th called George Dunnigan in charge of special events, uh, called Melinda Moss in charge of large events, called Katie Beltino in charge of outdoor ceremonies, East Bay Friends. The same is happening on August 27th at Martin Luther King Jr. Civic Center Park called the Park Department. So my question is, how does these people who are organizing these events put these events on calendars in the law enforcement department don't say nothing to the public. The law enforcement department doesn't say, wait a minute, hold it. You got people coming in here with assault rifles. Yeah. in the public and the public has no knowledge. There's no profile on these people with these assault weapons. There's no, no nothing. I mean, it seemed like the, the news media was totally obsolete of it. In the in the police force is saying Hey, we don't, you know, it ain't no big deal to us. So my question to the African-American leaders is running around here voicing their opinion, those that support Trump and those that are questioning his administration and cabinet. How come we can't question these people that are organizing this stuff? Who are these people? Why? Where's the money? Where's the money? What, What? why is money so important as opposed to the safety of American lives now it's regardless of what color they are, because they're killing white females or they're killing white people at these events also. So how do we get that control back to get these people who are in these positions? Because hell, we don't know if these people that are down here in the head of these different divisions are part of this, the group.
0: Well, well here's the thing. Andre, did you know that in Charlottesville, now the whole reason they were going there was supposedly because these, these statues were slated to come down. Now, right. the statues are actually Confederate soldiers from Robert E. Lee to slaveholders to uh, the organizers for the um, Confederate Army and some of their heroes, and these people existed in history. So for me, I read a statement today by Condoleezza Rice, and I kind of agree with her in the sense of why would you take down a statue of someone who was in history that did do what they did and did believe the way they did? I mean, if we take those statues down, When are we ever going to understand what a bad guy is, what a person is who was against the real understanding of what America, this experiment, was supposed to turn out to be? So I don't believe that the statues so much should be taken down as much as other statues that talk about what won this evil over. Both heroes are resurrected in the same place. What do you think about that, Andre? Okay, I
2: got to disagree with you. The problem here is those so statues are on, on a public property. People are paying taxes on that property. I wouldn't want to pay taxes on a, on a property that has Robert E. Lee or, or even um, uh, Trump on it. You know, it's, you know, that's a, this is why you have a museum. I wouldn't have any problems with the Confederate flag, Robert E. Lee, or every racist, the Klan, whatever, put them in a museum, just like we had the black museum there in Washington, D.C. A lot of historical stuff is in there. It's in the confines of a museum. You pay your money voluntarily. You go in to see it. I wouldn't mind looking at the Confederate stuff inside the confines of a museum. But not out into a public park area where taxpayers pay their monies to maintain the history of slavery. Lock it up, exactly. charge some admission to get in, no problem. I would have no problem with that. But you've got to take it out of, the, out of the public sector. And what does that do to the psychosis of the children as well, looking up to an old slave master? someone who wanted to keep slavery intact. We would be in slavery right now to this very day if Robert Lee would have won that war. And so you have to be careful of what you worship and this false idol worship. We've been doing it for too long. And a lot of things, too, uh, as people are wise enough. You know, because of the Internet, people can reach out and study more and, 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 and find out more things, not only on racism, but uh, with history and, and religion and politics and business or whatever it may be. You can find out a lot of resources via uh, the, the Internet. And so now people are waking up these days, and even intelligent white folks are, are, are coming alive as well, People just want to work and live collectively together. It, it, it's a waste of time and energy when you got to get out here and start hating on people. No matter what race, religion, free culture they may be, it's a waste of freaking time. You want to get out here and work, do your business, make money, raise your family, send your children to college, get them a good education, let them grow up, let them be prosperous,
1: and, and go
2: on vacations and explore the country, explore the world. wants to worry about going out here to hate meetings and, and burning crosses and lynching folks. It's just total nonsense. And so people are coming together. You, you see more uh, mixed couples and stuff nowadays. And people are saying, to hell with the bull crap. We want to be happy. We want to mingle together, live together, and so forth. Nobody wants to to deal with a life like that where you got to wake up and do the hate, hate, hate stuff. So people are coming alive. It's just this small sector of this country, they get the high visibility. All of us on the T25CO networks, we talk nice and peaceful and we want prosperity. We want economics for everybody. This doesn't get to the news. Only killings and lynchings and all that stuff gets to the news. So well, this is know, what I- happens.
0: I wanted, I wanted to, uh, I, I thank you for your comment. I wanted to just mention that you are listening to wwwt uh, 25 Com, and you can go there and support local artists and, you know, just see what we have to offer on the site. We've got a great movie called United We Stand. And uh, I just wanted to also say what I found just really repugnant was the fact that there was security at this event. Right, Right. And that security was armed to the nine. And that security was all white and they had assault rifles in a downtown public setting and they were dressed almost like the National Guard. But guess what? The National Guard was never deployed. So what I'm saying is what kind of America do we live in that we as citizens who pay taxes are not protected? Rodney, well, I mean, what do you think about that? What do you think about who you saw on the ground at that event?
1: Well, you know, that puts that put the holy fear into what can happen to our children because those men, who we don't have any knowledge of them, but they are walking not in one or two, but a massive group saying we are here to protect. We can't interfere but we're here to protect. And I, I, I if I lived in that city as an American, I would have fear, that they were able to deploy themselves into my city through a peaceful, supposed to be a peaceful organization, someone in my city allowed this gathering, and now I'm seeing this. What could have set them off? Because they could have been firing at anybody and everybody, and it didn't even have to be, somebody involved it could have been somebody that was plotting you know they, they got these guns that you could be a mile away and shoot into a crowd and then these men start shooting I mean there was so many other things that I could have, that could have happened from this but Barbara I mean for those people to have gathered in a large group like that and pretended to be protection for American so-called people is a warning. I mean, I I, I, I just don't see how the president's cabinet, the FBI, the central intelligence people, how can they be sitting right now and saying, oh, we don't need to do nothing with them, when they just popped up? Like, you know, like Brother Moore said. You know, you got to they went to dinner the night before. The next day, they walked out in the streets. Who is going to make an issue about that? We're too busy making an issue about what 45 said and didn't say. But that's, That, to me, is the fear that Americans better have, because if they had that many in that city, how many other red states have those same type of people arming themselves, employing themselves, and prepared to shoot their brothers. Hey, we're not going back to to the Civil War. I I, I don't see us doing that. But you have to look at that. That that was really there. It was there, and they were saying, well, "Oh, we're not. We can't do this. We can't do this. Uh, we have to stand still." But they are there, and they're they're visible.
0: Well, well. let me ask you this question. I mean, since we're talking about it, I think it's worth yes. it to bring up the fact that there was an attack, and that attack was by that young man that drove the car. And when he drove the car into the crowd and plowed down Heather Grove along with 19 other people, in the fiasco, the police officers lost control of the helicopter, and they, I mean, th- this is ridiculous. They were holding up in the air to give an aerial view of what was going on. Then they dropped down and they died. And then I understand that just this week, I mean, just when he went to, to court, that he pleaded that he was indigent. Did you hear that? And he got a uh, yes. public defender. And the reason why is so there can be no uh, recovery. If you're right. indigent, then guess what? There is what money are you going to get? Well, and I say Sue Charlotte's bill for, uh, for the lack of protection that they did for the peaceful marching of people who were responding. Uh, and then, Andre, what I noticed that I, I was just really disheartened for is that there was no organization in the response. Some people had a free Huey shirt on. Some people had Black Lives Matter on. Some people had this and that, save the world, save the earth. I mean, God bless their efforts. But I saw a response with absolutely no organization. And, I, and And I think that is going to be the undoing of our society. What do you think about that? <laughs>
1: That helicopter, that that helicopter. If, if I could quickly interject, that helicopter just going down is a very mm-hmm. suspicious thing, especially mm-hmm. to me with all these guys that are dressed in this armor that have appearing to have military intellect and military intelligence. That was, you know, you know, brother Ward. That to me. Was something? Either they were covering something. How do we really know? I mean, have anybody seen pictures of the body? Or has anybody seen us? I didn't actually see a picture of the helicopter hitting the ground. I didn't see where they went over to to, to, to get it. I I, I looked. Yeah. I,
2: uh, did anybody find that? You know. But oh, you saw smoke. you saw yeah. a smoke up on the mountain top. Yep. You saw. Yeah. Let, let me ask you this: who, who hired the security? But you mentioned there was security. Who hired the
1: security? Well, the, those guys that were in the uh um in the in the <laughs> military armor, they said that they were hired by the by the people who put on the event, right, Barbara?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. They were definitely part of. They were the security arm of the alt right. That's who they were, and they were dressed right. to appear to be. Um, National Guard or in an army fatigue kind of look that was uh, similar. But they were not official, and they were not to protect. Exactly. The, even, the, even the police weren't there to protect the citizens. They were there to stand by to make sure that the rally went without a hitch. We've got a caller. Hold on. Let me let this caller in. Hello, uh, caller, you're on Straight Talk. Did you want to state your name and did you have a comment tonight? Hello? Okay, we've got a listener and that's okay. Uh, you're listening to Stray Talk Live and we are discussing uh, what went on in Charlottesville. And we're talking about good Americans that stood up against uh, fascist Nazi beliefs uh that as we know uh according to the fifth uh, the first amendment you have the right to speech but uh to see david duke tell our president of the united states who represents all of us me you and everybody else in our country hey we elected you we put you in office and guess what you don't have to say a thing we got it from here david duke said that publicly before Donald Trump came back and made his statement to correct the first statement. Gentlemen, what do you think about that?
1: Well,
2: they sing the same (laughs) song. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he said. He said, "Hey man, we put you in, and you had it right, Trump." We're going to uh, make America, what, white again or great again or we're going to take the country back. I mean, all those are dog whistles, and they know the interpretation of, of all of that. And so I, I wish we'd have a racist to call in because I, I, I've been dying to ask one of these races, when did America start being great and when did it stop? I, I would love to give their interpretation. That. No, nobody's ever asked one of them that. Let's make America great again. Then uh, even on the news shows, yeah, let's make America white again. Let's see, you know, America was full of color first before Europeans came. The Moors were Absolutely. here.
3: Absolutely.
2: The, the, the Indians were here. People of color were already here. And when they came over from Europe, we welcomed them in. But they came in with an alternative uh, uh, reason, the methodology, and they came in here not to join in brotherhood, but to take over. And this is what led into, you know, over the past four hundred years here in America. Let's make America great again. Now, but you know, it's one other unique thing about all this too, uh, Rodney Barber. Yeah. Do, do you notice now? Uh, what Trump is really doing to the Republican political structure right now. You're seeing all the people we call bad Republicans, like uh, um, Rubio and Ted Cruz and and, uh, what's the other, Lindsey Graham. All of these people, even the Bush family, is coming out and condemning uh, this act by Trump. And they're coming out in very bold. Marco Rubio came out today in very bold words, with a very bold statement.
0: What did he say? I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. What did he say? Could you give us a recap?
2: Well, he just basically just condemned the actions of the Klans and the Nazis, but in a very strong language, in a very strong political language. You know, the way Trump was supposed to came out on Saturday, and like any other president would come out boldly and strongly and make a strong political statement uh, against them. But he just came out there and just uh, gave them a nice, slow, underhand softball pitch from 30 feet from home plate on Saturday. And then had to come back and on the teleprompter on Monday, after a few of his uh, cronies today, man, we got to juice it up a little bit. They're raising too much hell over the media. Okay, just read this stuff here. You know, I'll write it out for you. Just read it. And now today, he's acting a damn fool today there at the Tower. And uh, he's just coming back, uh, letting off letting the, uh, the clan of Nazis. No, he's with them. He's with them. He said those people on the left. Those are alt-left. Those are bad people. And yes. so he's saying that the alt-left, which he calls alt there's no such thing as an alt-left. But he calls them alt-left. He says they attacked the clans and the Nazis, and then that's when they responded. He said that the clans and the Nazis were very peaceful. They were walking around peaceful Friday night, and they had a peaceful march on Friday until the bad alt-left people uh, attacked them. And so that's when uh, they went and did whatever they did, you know, with the fighting and all that.
0: Now, now, Andre, I I just wanted to just also um, commend you because that was a very sensitive remark you made, and that is the truth. What we see in the media and how that comes across when people are re um, redefined, when your motives are reconditioned and all of a sudden someone's saying your motives are less alt, you are now the, uh, 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 the bad people, you are the unwanted, you are the commies. I heard people say that they were commies out there. I mean, it was unbelievable. I thought it was 1953 like a movie. And, and and shocking, <laughs> it was shocking when I watched the HBO special, I'm going to give it a shout out, HBO special for Viceland, that's one of my, uh, I won't say my favorite shows, but I will say that I do like their commentary and the edge that they put on it and the realness. And I think we have a, a real place in history here to be afraid of David Duke. Now, you know, David Duke never really went away. They just went underground, and that was due to the lynching and to that horrific, um, uh, 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 what would we call it, member drive. I guess we would call it a member drive that went on for two or three years up in Portland. And so it was the Southern Law Center that was able to literally affect them in such a way that they were able to disband the KKK because they were financially broke. And so we have to look back on a – just in terms of positivity, we have to look back on that to make sure that this is handled appropriately, meaning well, you know, get, get them where it hurts, and that's in the pocket.
1: Well, you know, to me, to me, there's two things that, that I think the American public at large – need to grasp a hold of right now. The first thing is we have people on this continent that can gather in large masses with weapons that can harm many Americans because we're, mm, a lot of us mm. are unarmed. We're unarmed. And these people are armed, whether it's in Virginia California, they are stretching their arms and shaking hands across this continent. That's serious. And the president in his cabinet is saying nothing about the fact that these people are armed. Now, now, now let's let's take it one step further. The the politicians outside of the president's cabinet. Cannot say they're uninformed because the people that were marching around carrying the torches, a lot of them had very prestigious political employment. So they were senators and congresspeople employees. So they know about these people. But they were mm-hmm. armed, but they knew of these people that are armed. But what are we doing as politically elected officials to protect the American public, and if they're not gonna protect us, then fire them. Put somebody else in office. It's time for us to move these people out of office. We know who you are, and they know. The second thing, the second thing is the fact that here they come, 72 hours later, with all the stories that America wants to hear. I'm not going for the bullshit no more. Come on, right. You know, if you, couldn't, if you couldn't speak up, if you couldn't speak up the day when it occurred and the media had to give you what to say, and then, now, here come everybody, oh, yeah, well, I can say this because the media looks favorable to this. I'm not, I'm not, hey, I'm I, I'm listening to you. What is this? Why are you saying what the media wants you to say? Why don't you tell the truth? Who are you? Well, you're, if you're over there supporting them, obviously, I think, you know, brother, brother, hey, brother, they supported everything that went on because it took them three days to come forward to make a comment. So that's telling me, hey, you were, you were down with it. Come on. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 here's
0: something I think that's important to know as well. And everybody, we're on T25CL.com, and this is uh, Straight Talk Live, and we're expressing a peaceful opinion and talking about uh, the actions that went on in Charlottesville. Uh, you know, what I'm interested in understanding is how does a group come into town that, where they don't live? Remember. Uh, this is the same thing that was happening uh, a year or two ago when Black Lives Matter. And remember, we had the gentleman on from Berkeley, with Berkeley cop Watch. And remember he was saying he was saying that the people who cause the problems don't live here. They find out about the protest and they come. excuse, me, they come in from out of town. And when they come in from out of town, what they do is they manifest themselves in a violent way. And he explained that to us, that they get in between uh, the group of 200. And then they break the windows and they spray paint Nazis, swastikas, and they do all this violence that nobody seems to be wanting to identify them. And then when they come in contact with the police, and they get struck or hit or knocked down or drug out. They sue for a million dollars. Do you not remember that conversation he told us?
1: And then yeah, but he, he but Barbara, Barbara, see that's what I'm saying though. They're coming in here. They come and they're going to tell us what they feel we need to know about what happened. No, 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 no. The people that came, period. Whether they were spray painting or doing anything. They are just as guilty as they are. I mean, the guys walking around carrying the torches, they are guilty. The white females, they are guilty as the people that came in with the assault weapons because one thing that we don't know, if they are armed, they didn't have their armor that day. But the people that were there supporting them and protecting them, they had armor. And that's where I think the identity goes. I'm not listening anymore to them saying, oh, that's somebody else doing something. No. If you've got something to do and you're in the political structure of America, why don't you try to have an ordinance pass or, or try to push a law through? You can't because you know the American public won't give you the attention you need and you're going to get the apathy that you want and we're going to defeat that. So let's well, have well, a look well, they just
0: had a law passed. They just passed the law that says Ooh. if you're in a protest, they just passed the law right there in North Car- uh, Carolina that if there is a protest, the ordinance says if you get hurt during the protest, you can't get any recovery.
2: They, they said if you the
1: block. Law. They said if you block a public highway. What I'm saying, Barbara, what I'm saying is these people are saying, like like my brother said. Let's make America great again. Okay, give me something. I'm, you know, I, I hear this phrase. Show me something that you saying that would America was great. Put it on the table. I mean, back in the '60s when we were we were looking for uh, uh, equal opportunity, we said, okay, here's what we need you to pass to give us an equal opportunity status for our black families to excel and succeed. We need to start making opportunities to own businesses and to represent our family. You took that away from us. We want it back. But these people are saying, make America great again. But we're saying, like, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with brother Warren. Show me what you're talking about. Don't, don't tell me, make America great. Show me when America was great and put something down that I can see. And why don't you try to push some legislation? You got the people in office. Why don't you try? But you're not going to get the apathy. That's why they don't push it. That's what I'm talking about, Barbara. See, the, well, to me, it's, it's,
2: it's a ghost. It's a ghost. You know, speaking well, of coming kind from of uh, like out of town, did you guys hear the story today, too, that the white dude that was working at Top Dog over there in Berkeley by the Berkeley campus?
3: Yeah, I did.
2: He was this, He was one of the Klansmen at the rally. And yeah, this camp, I did hear
0: that.
2: I mean, I've been over there to that Top Dog there by the campus. And that's just absolutely incredulous. Somebody from Berkeley being a Klan well, well Here, I think
0: I think it's important to understand that the KKK has always been a terrorist terrorist group with terrorist factions in our neighborhoods, and we've always recognized this. I think for the first time, in real time, our white brothers and sisters are now seeing this. And for whatever they thought they knew of it before, unfortunately, this young lady, Heather Bro lost her life. But now they're seeing it for real and living color. The Klan has mm-hmm. always been here and in full effect. They just haven't been on television. That's just all it is to it. Hey, we've got a call. Let me see if I can take this color. And we've got some noise. So hold on one second. Hey, you're on Straight Talk Live. Did you want to make a comment or are you listening tonight?
3: Hi, this is Yannette Perryman with Real People Consulting.
0: Hello. I apologize
3: for starting late, but I just got my phone back.
2: Um, Hi.
3: I wanted to say that, uh, like you said, KKK has been around for hundreds of years. And now that it's affecting people outside of the black community, um, they, are, they are alarmed. They're alarmed. They're concerned. But even with all the alarming and the concerning, it's not going to stop them from op- it from operating. It it's wow. just now it's just now in their face. Their own wow. has been affected by this. Their own are stepping up against them, you know. And it hopefully my hope is that uh, things will change, of course, and that um, it's good that it's come to the surface. Because now generations who uh, were newer generations, like myself, did not experience the KKK in the 60s, the 50s, the 40s, the 30s, the 20s, and so on. So now that it's in the forefront and with social media and different media platforms, uh, color TV, you know, people are going to start paying attention. Mm -hmm. And hopefully this uprising will birth some new African-American leaders in our community.
0: Well, let me ask you this question. What was your opinion? I think you could tell us in two minutes or less. What was your opinion about what what went on this weekend? What what did you think about that? And knowing that the same organization is coming to uh, Berkeley and San Francisco in the next week or so.
3: Well, you know, um, my opinion is this. We know that these are groups, these terrorist groups, these KKK people, we know that they exist. And we know the danger that uh, we can face when we are publicly boycotting or protesting. I personally am not, um, I would not put myself on that, on that type of line. Now, there's other ways to fight back. Um, there's other ways to make an impact and make change. I personally am not going to show up at any KKK rally and put myself out there like that because I mm. know and I feel that it don't work. I mean, look what happened. Look at all the people that got damaged. Look at all the injuries and the death, you know. I mean, it's not worth that. Not to and me.
0: Is, and, well, okay, I, I, I appreciate your uh, your candor. Uh, Andre, what do you think about that? What do you, what do you think about what uh, our sister has said about if you knew that it was going to be at People's Park in Berkeley, you wouldn't you wouldn't protest? Tell me what your thoughts are on that.
2: Okay, well, we, we definitely welcome our sister from uh, North Florida. Welcome to the show. And my um, thing is, even if they came here to Frisco, and Frisco granted a, um, a permit, I would say, yeah, give them a permit, but they can only do their thing on Alcatraz. Let, let them go to Alcatraz and they can march all day and all night if they want to. But you can't have these fools going up and down Market Street in San Francisco. You you can't have them around the populace of of the people. They have to be in isolated areas. And so, and that goes for any other place across the country. Uh, if you want to do something in Southern California, okay, give them a permit to go out the desert. They can go out there with their sheets and hoods and Nazi signs and all they want. They can march all out there in the desert with the cactus bushes and the rattlesnakes all day long. But you can't have them um, uh, marching amongst the people. Now, if they want to go to South Central L.A., yeah, we'll let them in South Central down there with Compton. They go there all day long, and, and we might see some sheep getting mighty dirty down there in South Central. In, in well, South I, I,
0: think, I, I think I think I like what you're saying. I do like what you're saying, and I like what the sister has said. But, Rodney, I will tell you, sure as I'm sitting here, that that the, the thing that we used to think might happen is not the thing that's happening. And who really responded to this on a whim were working-class white people and a few black mm. people. I mean, there's not that many black people in Charlottesville. So mm. you had a few that jumped up and said, wait a minute, what's going on? And I commend them for that because, really, it is up to white America to straighten this out. We
1: hey, hey, as You know what... I- I would say, hell no! You can't have no damn permit to come into my city. I don't care where you're going, and you're bringing in assault weapons to where children live in this city don't know nothing about you. Just just got on this earth. The first grade, second grade, third grade, live down the street, live within 25 miles of you. And you tell me you got to come in here to protest, and you're bringing in assault weapons? Hell no. You out of here. No. Deny. Permit deny. Now, if you can prove to me that you're going to come in here and walk down the street peacefully with no weapons, then I I, I agree with Brother Ward. But if you're going to have... I'm not giving you an opportunity... I'm not, I'm not giving you an opportunity to come into a city. And I think that America should take the history of what occurred down in Virginia and put that into legislation. I ask for, the, for uh, our Congress to put that into legislation right now. Any, any, any group that organizes a public expression and are frowned with assault weapons shall be defined as terrorist and prosecuted. That's what I think. Why why do we have the police and the National Guard? What the hell, pardon and I'm getting I know we're on the internet, we can say hell, right? What the hell well, well, what the hell do they need to, what the hell do they need this in here? What why do you need to bring hell? You don't need to bring well, hell? Well,
0: you know, you see where I'm coming different? from? Here's the interesting mm-hmm. thing. What we what we did see is that the security that was provided was the security that they brought with them. And when Damn they told the police to stand back and stand down, the police did exactly that. Now, that's where we have the problem. Because that meant that the nonviolent protesters, the people who just had bodies with no guns and no armament, who were in disagreement with them, all and mind you, they had six. They had weapons and they had tear gas and they were assaulting people all along the way. So with this going on, can you actually believe that the police didn't protect the people, the 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 innocent people, and that's how that young lady lost her life? So when we think about that, I think they've got a lot of nerves from
2: California.
1: I really yeah. come on, they tell you they tell us recreational marijuana, you can't smoke it amongst children. But you're gonna give somebody who has been defined to carry an assault weapon to come into the city with, with assault weapons? Which which will harm a kid more? An assault weapon that can shoot a quarter of a mile or a dead long joint that only smokes for 25 yards?
0: <laughs> I love that. You
1: see? That. Uh, you see? So, come on, come on man. It.
0: Real people consulting coming from Florida, what's your take on that? What's your thought about them amassing themselves uh, with assault weapons? And uh, we have laws that allow people to carry weapons, and you and I don't have one. What do you think about that?
3: Well, I say you better get one. You better get a weapon and a license to carry. Um Basically, laws have not stopped them before, and a permit has not stopped them before. Not having a permit is not going to stop these people. It's not going to stop them. I mean, look how long they've existed in, in society. Look how long they've existed and how, and how they keep growing. They're their okay. own self-military. They're their own self-governed people. And men the laws are not going to stop them. And if you really want my rawest opinion, we ought to be armed at all times. Okay. I'm actually in Antioch, California, and I work in San Francisco. And I was just at the hot dog stand at a place in Berkeley like less than two weeks ago. So that's a scary thought. You know, it's a scary thought because – what if, that, what if I had been in there when that young man was in there with my, my three year old and his brain would have snapped and he'd put a gun on me while I'm standing there just because I'm a black female?
1: That's my point exactly. exactly. You know what I'm exactly.
3: saying? I don't even walk up and down the streets of San Francisco and, at, and all times time during uh, business hours and commute hours, there are two and 300 people on the street at the same time. Right. And since the an incident in London where the people in New York, since the incident in New York when that 7 year old girl was on vacation with her family and got ran over by a vehicle, that's in New York. That ain't in London. That's right here in this country. Right. So I don't even walk up and down the street without, you know, constantly with my eyes detecting. I'm looking at the drivers. I'm looking at, Who's driving? I'm looking at what kind of car they're driving. I'm constantly surveying where I'm going, even with two or 300 people around me. And when we have to come to a stop sign, I get between people and a pole, and a metal pole. Because I don't want anybody running from the sidewalk hitting me. Wow. Right. But this is a okay. reality so, that we live in. We got to start okay. dealing with reality and not just, oh, we got laws and we got permits. That's not going to stop these people.
0: Okay, so with that thought, uh, in our last a few moments here, let's discuss – I'm going to give everybody a shot to come right around the table. We want to talk about what can be done about it. I put out that I think that this is bigger than anything in this country can, can govern. I think it is an international issue, and I think we should have an international forum about this. Because we as black people have been uh, terrorized by this underbelly of American society for too long. So I think we should escalate this to the United Nations. Um, what's your thought on that, Rodney?
1: You, you know what? People, people to me, people in other countries, the lay people, are are smiling very, very heavily at us. The people in other countries who have political power is saying, you know what, we got America asking questions. But I don't think that they, to me, would typically be interested in seeing legislation passed in America to assist the American public. I think that our image in foreign countries to, today has been tarnished. In the, I mean, come on, it's it's an it's an example. If you listen, I was I was in um, where was I was in um, Sausalito with, with with my with my daughter, Marin County, and I said, hey, let's identify how many different dialects we hear, how many different languages we hear. We went five blocks. She was on one side; I was on the other. I got seven that I knew no language, no understandings of, and there were men, women with three or four kids. She had five. So, uh, my uh, answer to my question, to your question, Barbara, I don't see them saying or applying any pressure. I kind of concur with it, with the, with the, um, with the caller, you know. They are here. It's nothing we can do, but the only thing I say, we need to do something and like we did in the sixties where we rose to get some some leaders that will step up and and, and be heard. I say, let's hey, we gotta go back and reboot, baby. It's time to reboot. That's that's Mm -hmm. that's my message. Reboot it.
0: Okay. Well hold on. We still got a caller listening. Let me see if they have a comment and close. All right, Carla, you're on straight talk. Did you have a comment in close? Hello? Are you
3: speaking to me? I'm sorry.
0: Oh, no, I think we have a listener. That's okay. We'll just uh, quiet our listener. Okay, for you. All right. Real people consulting, go ahead. Uh, Give us your closing comment, and then we'll go to you on.
3: My closing comment is... um, if you qualify for a gun license, get one. Protect yourself. Protect your family. And these laws and permits are not going to protect us. That's my closing comment.
0: I I respect that, and we will take that. We will we will take that into consideration, my mm. sister. All right, uh, Andre. We want to uh, go to you uh, for the close. Uh, what what is your thoughts on on who can we turn to? Uh, in terms of our protection.
2: Well, first of all, it's, uh, a friend of mine called me yesterday regarding same issue with the guns. A single sister living at home by herself. And, you know, and people are living in fear right now. And she asked the same thing to me. Hey, should I get a gun? You know, these people who have these guns they're talking about the clans and the nazis they have some very sophisticated weapons amen very sophisticated i've seen them on online with their demos and, and they just spray they just chop trees down with the weapons and stuff that they have and then they go out there and they put on their garb and go out into the bush and, and they train on using these weapons and killing, you know, with targets or whatever. Now, it's, it's one thing to get the permit and to get the gun. But usually happens, and with, with us, you know, we'll get the gun, but we'll put it in the drawer under the bed, and then we pull it out if somebody crawls through our window or something like that. But... When you actually get that gun and go into action with it, that's one hell of a decision that a person has to make in order to take another person's life. And right. you better know who you're shooting at. It's a different thing, and owning one and then actually deploying it out there. And you can see on some of these movies, the Barney Fife type, he'll get a gun in his hand, he'll start shaking the death. I mean, that can be a very frightening thing, even with a weapon, unless you go through extensive training and you get very comfortable in using it. So if you get one, you just can't have it loaded and just have it hiding under your drawer. you got to get used to that gun. you got to know how it kicks. you got to know how it sounds. And, and you got to know about cleaning that weapon, how quickly you can reload. These cats that have this stuff, they not only do they have the sophisticated stuff, they have ammunition that's going to last them for weeks. They also have yeah. food and water that's going to last yeah. they're, they're preparing for war. They're not right. saying, oh, let me get my little gun for 199 and get me a box of bullets, oh, crap, for $30, and uh, that's it. Yeah, by the time you shoot off six, and then you got to figure out how to reload and then start shooting again, the next thing you're out, oh crap, I'm out of weapons. But, but these cats, they got several weapons, plenty of bullets, They have. they keep this stuff in strategic places, and they are ready. So, you know, all of us know white folks, and,
1: and it's one thing
2: that white folks always tell you. Yeah, I got my stuff. Yeah, let somebody come and run up on me. I mean, they are prepared for this. They've been prepared for way before this. But now, all of a sudden, our people want to get armed right away. But if you do it, I'm not saying don't do it, but when you do do it, you learn how to use that thing, and then you go through the appropriate training. And you got to do it the way that they're doing because these people are ready to kill a lot of them, or especially Southerners, you know, they go into the military because they love to kill and stuff. And so, a lot of them live out in the woods, and and they're very well versed upon those weapons. They grew up with weapons, and so they're comfortable with it. Black folks, we're not necessarily comfortable with them unless you're little gangbangers and stuff. But you are only used to killing somebody that's looking like you. You're not used to killing or shooting at uh, a real enemy, but, you, you know, you'll kill some cat because he's wearing red or blue and he's on your turf. But, you know, we just got to keep our eyes and ears open. Listen to, what you're the, you know, I
3: listen to what's going on. Absolutely. Listen to what's
2: happening when you're on the streets. Be very security-minded when you're walking down the street and when you're driving your car. Use your peripheral vision look to your left, look to your right and, right, and and try not being out at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. If you That's don't have right. to be out that time of night, don't do it. And don't just go out and start exploring late at night. You know, you're going to have to stay home a little bit while because that top dog thing is, is was real. The sister just said that she just she was just there a few weeks ago. I went there maybe about a year or so ago. Passed by it several more times since then. But there's a lot more of those little uh, hidden cell type people who might even be your neighbors now or friends now, and especially with this gentrification coming into Oakland, coming into LA, and all the other cities across the country, these
0: Absolutely. people are coming in from
2: the outside, and they are bringing their weapons with them and And they're right right next and they're right
0: next door absolutely you better
2: better believe it they are here and all all I can say is tune in to Galaxy Talk Radio keep updated on what's happening and just be
0: and I wanted to say uh, in closing you know I think that we all need to take a greater look at ourselves just individually I think we need to pray more I think we need to be more chaste and more observant, as our brother said. I think we need to uh, be more diligent and more deliberate in what we do, what we say, how we use the Internet, what we say, how we talk, what we think. We need to start thinking more positive. And what we really need to do is, sisters, get a man, brothers, get a woman, and let's have nine, ten people in the household so we can – put our money together, and then once we do that, let's make those compromises to make it work. Then let's re- rem- remember that we protect each other. That's what we have to do. We've got to go back to having community. Everybody, you've been listening to 225 com. This is Straight Talk Live. Uh, my co-host, Rodney Best, uh, Andre Ward, the CEO and Chief of Galaxy Talk Radio, Uh, Real People Talking has been with us, and then, of course, we've had a couple of listeners, and we appreciate all of you tonight. Uh, Next week, we'll do a part two, so if you want to uh, come back, there's always something to talk about since we have uh, all of these things happening. Next week, I'd really like to talk about what are you going to do about the bomb? (laughs) You know, we do have a bomb threat going on, so I want to talk a little bit next week about how to prepare for that. All right everybody. You've been listening to Stay Talk. We thank you and to all a good night. Good night.
3: Good night thank you. All right.